what happened to me? Getting smacked by Shook Smith. The people I did it hurt. It still hurts. What it do? What's up, good people? It's been a long time. Uh, of course, you know I've been busy with the other podcast. What's your favorite song? Somebody's somebody told me recently. It sounds like when you got one podcast going, the other one suffers. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, may have been true. Um. It's not totally true, but, you know, in this case. This is my problem with the David Ashley podcast. Um, I I did something to y'all to make you not come back. First of all, taking all that time off, that was, (laughs) that was one. I get that. But even after that, I started getting some of, you know, a lot of you back, most of you really, and just out of the blue, that last, I'm just be honest, that last stretch I went on um, where I was, I was giving two a week and I was playing music. I lost a lot of y'all, honestly. I'm looking at the numbers even right now and it's like, man, I do, I do not, I do not know what happened. Um, I wish I knew. Um, but whatever it was, you know, I, I alienated some, some, you know, some of my folk. I mean, a lot though. And when I look at my demographics, well, it's mostly women. And I wish I can pinpoint an episode to see what happened that made, you know, it, it might just be people aren't after the break. Nah, I can't say that even. Because the episode when I came, anyway, anyway, um, the episode when I came back for, when I said what, uh, what happened to Chappelle after I left that concert, it was, it was more than what the other ones had been. But then the very next one, when I introduced my podcast, it blew up for some reason. So anyway, if, you know, <clears throat> For those of you listening right now, you know, I appreciate you, you know, um, yeah. Um, what's going on with me? I just had a, uh, pretty decent sized audition earlier today. And, uh, matter of fact, not even audition, a callback. So what, what normally happens is you go into audition and if they like you, uh, they'll call you back. And if, obviously, if you get it, they'll call you. But what normally happens is that they'll uh, your agent will call you and say, hey, you're on a veil. And a veil means that they're just asking you if you, um, they're just asking you if you have, um, if you're going to be available to shoot, which I'm just like, of course I'm going to be available to shoot. Like I, I went to the audition because I wanted <laughs> I wanted the job. I don't understand. Um, Because they're really torturous, right? You're you're looking, you're like, yo, this is about to be a nice amount of money. Um, But they're calling. I'm just like, hey, don't call me unless I got it. Don't call me and ask me if I'm on a vet. 
tell me that I'm on a veil because a veil just means it's between you and another person or another couple of people. You know, it's close down to the wire, but I don't care about that. I don't want to know that I was that I almost got some money, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, that's kind of like that's the life as that you live as an actor. Right. Um, a creative period out here, but especially as an actor, it's like your life can change any day from an old meeting, an old audition, a connection. And, you know, you just got to put your head down, stay low, keep firing, you know. Um, let's see what's going, what else is going on out there? Uh, weather has been dumb. Although I've been told to steer clear of weather talk, but yo, if it's cold in Cali, it's cold in Cali. Man, I don't want to hear it. It's been cold, cold and like, not just rain, aggressive rain. Uh, it snowed for about a minute and a half. And, it, and if it wasn't snow, it was something, some shit I hadn't ever seen before. It wasn't quite hail. It wasn't as hard as hail, but it wasn't as soft as snow. So it was like a hybrid snap. Shut up. It was, it was some, it was some hybrid shit that I, that I had never seen before. And um, yeah, man, it was kind of, it was kind of trippy. And like I said, it happened for a minute and a half. And the, and the weather has been just aggressive, man, all over the city. I mean, I'm talking about huge trees just uprooted. Like there was a, you know, anyway, I can feel y'all judging me right now, man. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's weather that I haven't experienced in my almost 16 years here in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, City of Angels. Um, <clears throat> tell you something I'm doing right now. I'm looking up at a cigar that I bought some time ago that I was uh, saving. I actually bought it to to smoke elsewhere when I was on a trip, but it didn't work out. We didn't get a chance. So I, I got it. I still still got it in the package. Got the matches right next to it, but I put a pin in, in the bag um, and I got it on my wall. Um, so it's hanging up just to remind me like that a celebration is coming. You hear me? You got to live in expectancy, man. You got to live a life of expectancy because otherwise, so this is, <clears throat> people think it's some, you know, some mysterious type shit. And listen, have you ever had something happen where you couldn't explain it and you was just like, oh, this, this wasn't me. This was something else, right? Most of us have had that experience. But what I'm talking about here is, and this may not be a one-to-one, -one, but when, you, when you're walking into a job, right? Have you ever gotten a job? Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date? I'm sorry. Have you ever been told, oh, go up, get an interview with this job. You got it. It's just formality. What's this? What's this? I just got a text message. <laughs> Um, listen, man, text message come in at, at 1040 at night. <laughs> You'd be like, whoa, whoa, what you doing? Um, but unfortunately I don't have any, you know, not associated with anyone who would send me that kind of text. Um, <clears throat> so let me get my voice on young ladies. If you out there, <laughs> if you're out there and you care about me, you care about my well-being, 
care about my mental health. Tomorrow night, send me a text at 10.40 p.m. And I want that text to say W-Y-D question mark. And then if I take too long to answer, send like the eyes, like the, the two eyeballs. That's what I want. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, have you ever gone into an interview, uh, to a job that you know you were about to get, um, right? Versus, and all of us have been on interviews where, you know, we didn't know. But the energy that you go into that job for, that you know you're about to get, it's because you got a hookup. It's much different. And it's, you know, I liken it to, they say when you start booking, the moment you start, stop caring about um, the auditions is the moment you start booking because human nature, I'm going somewhere with this. Human nature kind of gives, it's, we can sense thirst and we have a tendency to reject people who want to do something right and the people who are indifferent towards us we'd be like huh i wonder why they're not responding to me i wonder why they don't want this job right so you end up like your energy changed the room and it changed your fate in some some instances so sometimes when you look hmm when you when you go about life and i'm not talking about empty confidence but when you go about life thinking oh some shit some good shit is about to happen thinking i can do this thing that i'm about to set out to that i'm about to try your actions are different and your actions are way your your actions are way different than if you approach something like i don't think i can do that and what happens is you surprise yourself. If you start talking like it, it's not mythical. It's not as mythical as you think. When they say, oh, universe and all this, it's just like, no, nah, it's kind of waiting for you to make the move. Right? Because even if the move that you make doesn't, doesn't um, bring you the results that you want, you've already started knocking a snowball down the hill. Right, because now you got a lesson. Now you're just like, oh, I didn't know you couldn't do that. All right, how about this? Let me go. You know. So once you once you start treating what you want to do like something you're about to do, as opposed to something that oh, I'm not sure if I can do, you start kind of opening up the door for people to give you, you know, pointers. You open up the door to lessons and you don't you open up the door to, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, just a little. That's why I got the cigar on the wall, man. Like, you know, I'm living a life of expectancy, man. And um, all that stuff that, you know, I thought it was too much work for me to do. It's like, nah, just start on one. You know, where, where you listen again, I'm, I'm going to say this motivation 
is a horrible thing to live by. It's a beautiful thing if you have it, but you can't depend on it because it doesn't last. It's the, it, the feeling is fleeting. So what you have to depend on, what you have to develop is discipline. And you depend on that discipline that you've developed to get that thing done. That's it, man. Um, I'm preaching this shit. Let's see. So, Christopher Anthony Rock. Or is it Edward? I don't know. Released the stand-up special, Selective Outrage. It was a live show Saturday night on Netflix. It was their first live event. There was a pre-show and a post-show. Um, huh. So, let's see. And we all know what you know what happened. Whatever. Now, I will tell you that at the Dave Chappelle concert that I was at last year where he got tacked. Oh, that shit's coming up soon. Netflix is a joke. He got um, Chris Rock was there performing and he had on all white as he did in this special. And then when you look closer, he had on a, a prince emblem, like on his necklace. He had the sign. And let me just say this first of all. I felt like like tambourine. I had this was my so tambourine when it first came out. I think it was like Valentine's Day of maybe two thousand seventeen or eighteen, maybe even nineteen. No, I think it was like eighteen. I couldn't believe how unfunny I found it to be. This is Tambourine. This is his last special. And I was watching it with some folk, and we were just looking around like, yo, I did not laugh. Maybe chuckle once. And then he released, maybe like a year later, he released like some uh, a director's cut, like some, some parts that were left out of, of Tambourine. And I found it to be, and not just much more enjoyable, I laughed just a considerable amount more than, than I had before. And I, I, that was interesting. I hadn't had that experience ever, uh, you know, before or since. So, um, you know, everybody's anticipating, what, you know, what he's going to say and all of that, uh, myself included, because I knew it was going to, you know, because from what I've been hearing, he left out the last segment in most of his see co comedians if you don't know this i'm not trying to mansplain but if you don't know this comedians work out and chris rock specifically he works out in clubs first then he takes it to bigger places then he takes it to arenas and then he's ready for a special so he'll, so he'll work out the same show 10 20 30 50 70 times before he brings it to a special. That's how most comedians do it. I think Rock might do it a little more because he's like a, you know, 
you know, he's one of the goats, man. He's a tactician when it comes to it, right? Um, so people were just like, oh no, he left that part out. But the the other stuff, like when I saw him, um, and I'll just get into it. When I saw him uh, that night at the Chappelle thing, he was, it sounded like, hmm. So where he had, and, you know, um, spoiler alert. He went on this tirade about wokeness, right? And, you know, everybody from Ron DeSantis to uh, the governor of Florida to everybody else on Fox News and, you know, some, you know, white boy who swears he's not racist, but who, you know, aligns all of his beliefs and alignments align with everybody who, you know, um, had their field trip on January 6th. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a it's just a word of the moment. Woke, woke, woke. And it's like, come on, man. What he really means is somebody that's not, you know, I, I ain't falling for the tailpipe. That's really what it means. But people are, you know, people are taking it too far. Um, so Chris Rock has gone on this woke tirade. And, but also when he was at... Um, um, the Dave Chappelle thing, he he was kind of on that. He wasn't using the word woke. And he said some things about Hillary and Trump. And, and, and it was like, oh, okay. Interesting, interesting direction. Um, so, you know, he, he goes there the other night and he's talking about the wokeness. And I ain't gonna lie to you, the first, what, five, 10 minutes of it, I was worried. I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no, Chris Rock. I was like, oh, because because this is what I have noticed. Go back and watch Bring the Pain. Okay. Well, hold on, I'll say this part first. The first 10 minutes, I was like, oh man, Chris Rock. I don't know what it is, but it ain't there. And then he hit that Meghan Markle stride, which yeah, just because they've been racist doesn't mean they didn't do racist shit to her. But, you know, so for comedy's sake, and for me it's hard, man, because it's like, okay, it's comedy, but the parts when you get kind of disingenuous, for me, it's like, uh, it, it kind of takes me out of it. But yeah, the Meghan Markle, when it, once he got to the Meghan Markle shit, and then that stride from Meghan Markle to OJ to, to, you know, a lot of people talk about the Michael Jackson joke, an R. Kelly joke. Listen, man, y'all know I'm Team Shimon to this MF will blow up. You hear me? But it was, it was a great joke. It was a great joke. And people are taking it to heart, be like, oh, R. Kelly was convicted, Michael Jackson was not. I get it. But the, the joke is in the accusation, Right. The joke is in the, the fact that there's been an accusation, which I don't even like really talking about, but that's where the joke is. Like, I know some people who who don't listen to R. Kelly, who vehemently disagree with talking about him or playing his music anywhere, but they watch the Cosby show. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You know? And their, their uh, excuses that, oh, I, and I've heard this just a plethora of times. Well, Heathcliff is not Bill Cosby. I'm like, come on. Your semantics, 
you're semanticsing us to death on what is essentially an art versus the artist, being able to compartmentalize the art versus the artist conversation. And for me, I can always compartmentalize. Oh, I take that back. With Kanye, I'm there now. I'm back listening to his music. I don't want to hear anything he has to say, but I'm back listening to his music. It's just too good, you know. But for a minute, I was I was really hurt. I was just like, damn, yay. Ye is seemingly turning his back on black folks. That's what it felt like. You know, when he put that MAGA hat on, he started talking that shit. And um and so I'm not gonna lie, it took me, it took me a while to not a long time, but for a a moment, um, I was like, yeah, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear his music. So I completely understand anybody who doesn't want to watch Cosby's show, who doesn't want to listen to R. Kelly. Um, <clears throat> but where you cross the line is where you you say that I shouldn't, or where you say that oh, you can't compartmentalize, you can't because his songs. Shut up. This wasn't anything that you thought of growing up, so I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? I just don't want to hear it. Um, so, yeah, it was a great joke. Um, it was, he got in his bag. Like, it, there was a time where Chris Rock had gotten bouncy. And I was like, oh, this is, this is bring the pain, Chris Rock. This is, you know, and I think for Chris Rock, hmm, with times changing, I wonder, does the time changing shorten a comedian's shelf life? Shelf life? Right? If Michael Jackson was alive, if Prince was alive, um, and even let's take Stevie Wonder, they can never, ever, ever ever again make anything that makes you feel like Thriller, like Off the Wall, like even Invincible. They just can't. Like Around the World in the Day, like Parrot, what was it? Um, was it Parachutes? What's, what's the Prince album? Um, no, that's Coldplay, I'm sorry. Even Coldplay, like anybody, you know? Purple Rain, 1999, Dirty Mind. They're they're never controlled, Janet Jackson. They're never going to make anything that makes you feel like you did. That's going to sound like that. Never. It it just won't happen. And the reason that it won't happen is because there's a certain amount of hunger that an artist has and a certain amount of genius that they have to pour out. Uh, And so it doesn't mean that Stevie Wonder isn't still a master um, writer and masterful with the pen and and playing instruments. He hasn't forgot how to play the piano. It's just that times have changed. You were different then. And I think collectively as a society, we are looking at life differently and it affects how we look at comedians. Chris Rock is as controversial, as daring, as bold as he's always been, and we're we're looking at him now like uh, I could just I could just feel it when when he was 
when he first started and then just how the crowd was responding. I was like, oh, it is a new day. And Chris Rock perfected his craft for a specific type of audience, a, a mostly internetless audience, you know? And um, I can just hear it in the way that, because a lot of people say, oh, this, this wasn't funny at all to me. I've seen, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, whether on podcasts, YouTube, or even Twitter. Um, and I think, uh, see, <laughs> I heard Denzel Washington, like it's another Denzel. I heard Denzel say once, um, it, somebody asked him, hey, what do you want people to take away from this movie? And Denzel said, well, it, it depends on what they bring to the movie, honestly. And that's true because when you bring your baggage to a comedy show, it's like when you get in an argument with your significant other or anybody, um, most likely the thing that sparked the argument isn't, you're not arguing about the real issue. You're arguing about the day that you've been through, the day that she's been through, the the unresolved shit that's been going on all day, right? Just like, you know, even to Chris Rock's point, even though it was half right, Will Smith, it, it, it wasn't just about what Chris Rock said. It was the, the years and months and weeks leading up to the Oscars that caused that explosion. Um, and what we bring to a thing oftentimes determine how we look at the situation. This is with songs. This is with music. This is with, because if, if a song is triggering to you, some people love when they, when, you know, when they go through a breakup, some people love listening to slow songs. Let the side show begin. Hurry, hurry. Step right on in. People love that shit. Right? They love to soak in it and get it out their system and keep it moving. Some people like to stay in it. Like, we love that shit. It just depends on what you bring to it. You know? So anyway, this is a, um, I forgot my train of thought. Like this is a, um, yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a funny, it, you know, some people, you know, they stew in it. Some people it triggers other people, right? Slow something. I don't want to hear that slow shit, man. I'm triggered by it. Like for me, like R. Kelly's song, I Wish. I couldn't listen to that because on a, on a, on a day that my, my brother passed, um, or no, maybe a few days after, I was in my car and I heard I Wish and I was gone. I was gone. 
was I was gone and, and for and honestly for about six or seven years I couldn't even hear the song because it would take me there immediately. You know, so it just all really depends on what you bring to a topic. It's not about that song being particularly sad. It's just some stuff is triggering for us, man. I think that's an important thing to, you know, be self-aware about because it'll really help you figure out like, damn, why why was I set off like that? What really pissed me off? Like, what was I really, you know? So anyway. The thing that I feel like Chris Rock was a little disingenuous about. First of all, it was a brilliant segue, right? He he had teased us early. And that's like a little lesson in storytelling, too. You tease somebody with the thing early where he says, I don't want to piss off another mad rapper. And the crowd was like, ah, and then he got to it again with talking about Beyonce. He was like, no diss to Jay. Oh, it was a brilliant joke, too. And I, I listen, I have gotten... I'm going to use this college word, excoriated in crowds where I made the same point about Beyonce and Jay-Z that Chris Rock made. That, hey, you can go into a store and change, a man can go into a store, change a young lady's life, but it wouldn't happen the other way around. It just wouldn't. Whether it's Jay-Z or some Joe Schmo, it just wouldn't happen. But he leads into that and he says, oh, no, no, this to no, this to Jay-Z, you know, I would never, you know, I don't need another mad rapper mad at me. And then he goes into it. So this is the part that I found a little to be a little bit disingenuous. Is where. Chris Rock says, I didn't do nothing to that bitch. Right. And it's like. Uh, again, look right. Or, or, or when he says, "You ain't gonna catch me being a victim," and then the very next line be like, "But Will Smith slapped little old me," essentially talking about how big Will Smith is versus how big he is, how little he is. And I think this happens sometimes with women. Um, it happens with all walks of life, but I, I've seen this happen where, you know, with certain women who, you know, who can't carry it well or a tumultuous couple and she'll, she'll mush dude. She'll talk. I'm talking about cash shit. Not just talking cash shit. That's cool. But she'll put her hands on the dude knowing that he can't put his hands on her back rather because the law or because she got brothers or cousins or friends who will come do something with him, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a thing, right? Um, I feel like Chris Rock is was using the same platform, same type of platform, um, to tell the jokes in the first place, right? To to tell the jokes that he did to set everything off. It's like, oh, I'm gonna say this shit. I know you that I'm gonna say this shit from up here because I know you can't really, you're not going to do anything to me right here. Because I'm at the Oscars. 
right? And again, let me remind people of the history. 2016, Chris Rock hosts, it's the Oscar So White situation, 16 or 17. Oscar So White, nobody black nominated, right? And this is another place that I found Chris Rock to be, I'm gonna keep saying disingenuous a little, you know, because he says, oh, she wanted everybody to boycott the Oscars. And this may have just been a joke, but she wanted everybody to boycott the Oscars because her husband did get husband didn't get nominated. But it was like, nah, that that wasn't the case at all. And again, this may have been a joke, but then the very next year, they poured the Oscars, you know, they poured into the Oscar voters a bunch of black folk and diversity because there was so much missing you know, to make everybody vote for all the white movies and none of the black movies. Happens every few years, but but now it's, you know, so this is what it was. It wasn't just Will Smith. So they were like, you know, you know, we're going to boycott the Oscars. They asked Chris Rock, who was hosting the boycott. He said no, which is fine. He, don't, he doesn't have to. Would have been nice, but that ain't Chris Rock. That ain't his deal. So not only did he not boycott, which again is fine, but then he got on the stage and said, and made the joke that, uh, how you going to boycott something you ain't even invited to? <laughs> Talking about Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. Right? And that was a little like, ah. You gonna make the joke after so like you know anyway, but he's a comedian. That's what he does. He makes jokes, but still, you are gonna get in front of the you gonna get in front of the white folks, and you know, it's like yeah, oh, we don't fight in front of white folks, but you get on stage and tell jokes about black people that's trying to exact change through boycott, and you gonna get on stage and tell the jokes in front of a room full of white people. It's like come on. That that's a little like see it's shit like that that make me say like uh that make me give you the side eye like uh I don't know bro but anyway nonetheless you know joke whatever the joke was told he said it and I heard Chris Rock say in an interview that Will and Jada were a little tight about it now you may say fuck them I get it but that doesn't change the circumstances that they're tight remember that right that they was a little hot. Oh, you're going to get on stage. You're going to make this joke. They heard from them about it. Right? Chris Rock heard from them about that joke. Fast forward. Chris Rock says, everybody been calling you a bitch. Everybody, you know, you got on stage. It wasn't about me. You weren't mad at me. You was mad at everybody calling you a bitch and all this other kind of stuff. (laughs) He said, uh, everybody been cheated on. But ain't nobody been cheated on um, and then interviewed by the person who cheated on them. <laughs> so I suck somebody's dick. How, how do you feel about it, right? Ha ha. Uh, actually, pretty f- funny. But fast forward to, to this Oscars, and I'm like, Chris Rock, if you knew he was going through all of that, hello? If you knew he was going through all of that, And it's the biggest night of his professional life, potentially, right? 
And you know all the shit that's been going on in the news. Right? Like, you know all of that. You know all of that. The entanglement shit, you know all of that. And yet, and still, you, the guy who made a documentary called Good Hair because your daughters had wondered why their hair wasn't as good as their white counterparts, stood on stage. And after, after the 2016 shit, which you knew they were tight about, and the very next time you're on the Oscar stage, you take an opportunity to make jokes again. Now, again, you don't have to think that the joke was inappropriate. You don't have to think, it, you know, whether or not he knew she had alopecia is not, I mean, obviously, if he did know, then that's that adds to it. But I don't think he knew, right? So I'm not even talking about that. The fact is, you got on a world stage in front of them, the same people you said we ain't supposed to fight over in front of. And you made this joke after they, like it was some black white shit. They wanted to boycott. And you made that joke, not to black people, but a room full of white people in the world at the, at the Oscars, dog. And then the very next time you get on the stage with everything that you know is going on, high pressure situation, the person who made good hair documentary, you looked at Jada Pickett and you made a G.I. Jane joke based on her hair being low. G.I. Jane is when uh, Demi Moore, Bruce Willis's ex-wife, Ashton Kutcher's ex-girlfriend, doesn't matter. I'm just giving you, you know, she went into the Marines or whatever, you know. And she cut, she shaved her head. You made the joke and you tried to say it was just a G.I. Jane joke. Regardless of whatever you thought uh, a smile Will Smith had on his face, listen, when the dude, kissed Will, uh, Will Smith in the mouth overseas about five years ago. Will was smiling when he tapped that dude's jaw. Go look at it. Don't believe me. Go look at it. So I'm just trying to show you how the smile ain't, people want to use that smile as a reason to, no. With all of that, you made that joke. I told you I didn't like the last joke that you made the last time you were on this stage as the host. And it's the biggest night of my career. Now you poking me. And when you poke me, you don't get to tell me how I get to poke back. And you definitely don't get to use your bully pulpit Right to make all the mean jokes that you want, you know, whatever you know, all the slick slide jokes that you you know come off the cuff with. You don't get to choose how I poke you back, dog. Again, if you're from the hood, you've seen more happen for less. Because essentially, that's what this boils down to: a nigga got slapped for talking crazy, right? And then there's the next topic about oh. 
he wouldn't have done this. Yo, that is that is a loser to, to me. No offensive to you. That is a loser mindset for you to say, oh, he wouldn't have done it to 50. He wouldn't have done it to The Rock. What? It wasn't The Rock who said it. See, and that's the problem. I don't think those guys, well, 50 would say anything. But the problem is, I don't think those other guys do that thing. And Chris Rock used the fact that, hey, I'm up here and I can say what I want to say. And you ain't going to do shit because we at the Oscars. And this time he was wrong. As a comedian, anyway, you live with that uh, that realization that, you know what I'm saying, that, that shit can pop off at any time if you say something just slick enough. So to stand up there and, and say, oh, I didn't, I ain't nobody picking on that bitch. Well, you can't tell somebody else how they feel picked on. I mean, especially when you're talking directly to a person and with all that was going on. I just thought all of that was just a little bit disingenuous. He wouldn't have done that. It was like, nigga, Chris Rock the one that said it. Those niggas didn't say it. <laughs> That's a loser. Like That was just a loser argument to me. It was just like, but what it did, again, whatever you brought to it at that moment, if you felt bad for Chris Rock, that's what you brought to it to help you judge whether or not that was right or wrong. If you felt bad for Will Smith, if you felt bad for Jada, that's what you brought to the situation. It wasn't based on your just moral compass, most likely. It was based on how you felt about the situation and the talk surrounding it. You know? And all the comedians, right? All the comedians jumped on Chris Rock's side, right? To support their boy because they felt bad. And it wasn't about if they thought, I mean, if it wasn't about them thinking Will was wrong, it was about, yo, I'm a comedian. I stand on stage. I wouldn't want nobody to come up there and, and, and slap me for time. I want to be able to say anything I want to say. So I'm going to support Chris Rock in this moment because that's my guy and I don't want that to happen to me. Even though it don't work like that. And they know it don't work like that, especially the ones from the hood. That's why I was, I was kind of disappointed at a lot of folk. Because they made either one or side the other side out to be um, a victim based on, you know. And it was just fascinating, man. I mean, even, even the post show. God, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was, I was like, what? Kareem? Huh? Arsenio Hall, he said, you know, I, you know, there's a story going around that uh, Will Smith on set, you know, um, at, you know, on set somebody improved uh, the slave movie, improved in and and spit in his chest, and and he didn't slap that white boy. Duh! I was so disappointed to hear Arsenio Hall, the great Arsenio Hall, say something. Dumb shit like that. Theo, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. No wonder you get D's and everything. Shout out to Cosby Show, first season. 
it was just dumb. But it just shows you the length people were going to 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 be on the side. And it was like, I guess Netflix was taking um, advantage of it being a live show and doing a pre and post show. But it almost felt like a play to, but nonetheless, oh my God, the, you know, people got mad at the, um, I watched him saying, I watched um, the, the slave movie just to see Will Smith get whipped. I thought that was funny. People were mad about it, up but I'm like, have you ever seen Chris Rock comedy? <laughs> do you go to a Chris Rock comedy show? Do you watch it to be coddled? Anyway. Anyway. I watch Emancipation just to see him get whipped. And it's like, dog, you know how many slave jokes we have? Like, what you talking about? Like, relax. So, um... You know, all in all, I think Chris Rock was in his bag. He was, I'm not going to say he's back, but he's back to a form that I felt like he was in, you know, in the special before uh, Tambourine. Um, And I'm going to go back and watch Tambourine again, too. It was really good. The second time I watched it with the, uh, with the uh, what you call it, the uh, director's cut, and I don't know what the difference was between the first one and the director. Well, I know they were different. You know, there was more added, but man, I've never had that experience where the same special became so much funnier to me with a- added material. So, uh, anyway, that's about our time tonight. Um. You know, I'll be back and forth, you know, when I got, um, again, to those of you who listen to What's Your Favorite Song, I hit a um, snag there. The software I was using, still haven't gotten it. We're still going back and I'm still going back and forth with the developers and customer service. I'm trying to figure out what it was because, um, you know, a little disappointing, man. I was looking at get on a streak and it uh, ended my streak at what, five? I had Hypatia, what, Athene, Jade, um, Callie, and Manisha. Yes, I did five in a row. And um, so anyway, man, got some great interviews coming up for you. Um, Shit, if I would have been thinking for Valentine's Day, I would have released the other episodes again. I mean, they're already up there, but, um, so anyway, you know, happy women's month and all that good shit. Um, I'm still out here. I'm still out here on, un, on, um, uncuffed, undated. Yo, y'all hear that Beyonce cuff it, the wetter version? man make sure you update your playlist man make sure you update your slow song playlist you know you know it's like you can't put latest and greatest inspiration 
like you got to take that off by Teddy P. Like you can't use, you can't put, come on and go with me. Come on over to my place. Like you can't, you may be able to leave that on there, but just watch it. Watch what you got on there. Because time, and maybe I'm just talking to myself, but time has passed. So update your slow song playlist, man. They say after 30, we don't go get, you know, we don't look for new music, but, you know, find some shit you like, you know? Start doing it to music again, man. If y'all don't, man, start doing it to music again. You ain't got to do it to the beat, but just, you know, set the mood, fellas, man. Quit shit. That was my issue when I was, you know, in a relationship. I, I would get comfortable. And what happens sometimes is that you get comfortable and then every, listen, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. But in relationships, it's so easy to get into your own mind and your own head and your own feelings about it. So now you're looking like, wait, why is she doing this? And you're not keeping in mind that, like, all I'm saying is that you getting comfortable can set off a bunch of different reactions. And, you know, so just try to be self-aware and figure out what it is you own. But don't stop dating, man. Don't stop dating at all. Even if you listen to this, I don't know. If if you are listening to this, to me, and you've been married, you know, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, you know, Sometimes, man, I don't know. Sometimes you gotta gotta shake it up, spice it up, man. Do some role play, you know. <laughs> Throw on a ski mask or some shit, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know, man. Make it exciting. Wine her, dine her. Date her, romance her. You say, oh, I'm not a flower type. It's like, nah, nigga. You ain't got to be the flower type. She the one want them. <laughs> so what you're really saying is, I don't want to buy flowers and shit. This ain't about you, man. You got to put something in the bank little by little. So when it's time to withdraw, withdrawal. Remember Jerome? <laughs> withdrawal. When it's time for that withdrawal, give her freely. Some married dudes talking to me like, nigga, you don't know what you're talking about. You ain't met my wife. <laughs> and to that, I say touche. Anyway, we're going to get up out of here. Um, shit, I'm going to play a song for y'all today. I don't even know what song I'm going to play. Um, let's see. Title, create these little playlists for you. Uh, let's see. You know, let's see. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We got the thing. We got the thing. Nah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to play something new. How about this? Let's go. We're going to fade out on this. Coco Jones.
I see you. Yeah. Welcome to the camp. Nine five. You're now rocking with the best. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm gonna let this play in the background. What I got, I had this idea the other day. Um not not that I've always wanted to be uh, um put this on your playlist, fellas, by the way. Um not that I want to be um a radio uh host or disc jockey, but I have always wanted to lead in a song. Right? Essentially, that's kind of what I do want to do, you know, play. That's what that whole last run was about. And I'm going to figure out how to play these songs. I already figured it out. I'm going to bring it to y'all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set, um, I'm just going to have a week worth of shows, right? And just for an hour or two per day, um, I'm going to give you some midnight love like type grooves. You know, just, you know, shout out to Troy Tyler, if you remember her from GCI and V103 Chicagoland area. Um, and I'm going to bring you commercials. It's going to be WDAP. It's going to be fly, man. And I'm going to do that with slow songs. I'm going to do that with just regular songs. And then I'm going to do that with my top 50 um, hip hop songs of all time. Yeah. So it's going to be three separate weeks that I'm going to just make the, you know, it's probably probably going to be two hours, you know, and um, it's going to be two hours per show. And uh, one whole week is slow songs. I'm going to do it like at night. It's not going to be live. You can listen to it at night. You can listen to it, whatever, you know. Um, and I'm going to do it for hip hop. And I'm going to do it for... Um, I'm going to do it for um, for slow songs. I'm going to do it for regular R&B. And I'm going to do it for hip-hop. So three weeks worth of content there. So uh, be looking forward to that, you know. And uh, that's about it, man. Turn this back on up. And uh, go chase your dreams, y'all. Uh, those of you still listening, man, I appreciate you. And, um, yeah. Be self-aware. Let's try to learn something new as much as you can. They say you're wasting your time if you ain't devoting at least five hours a week to learning something. So let's keep our brains sharp. Let's keep dating that woman. Stay self-aware. And most importantly, let's live in expectancy like you can do it telling you it changes every sets in a chain of reaction a chain of action you know to where things are going to work out for you let's go nine five